Seasons change. Why not your tech? Upgrade now during the Dell Technologies Summer Sale event and save on select PCs, like the XPS 16, powered by Intel Core processors. You'll be able to bring your most intensive projects to life with built-in AI, minimalistic design, immersive visuals, and cinematic audio. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to exceptional tech and electronics, plus free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Dell.com slash deals. That's Dell.com slash deals. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Julie. Hey, Calendar. What's my morning like? Julie's about to have a long day. At 9 a.m., soccer carpool. 9.10, purchase birthday card. 9.05, dry cleaning. Did you just go backwards? I'm sorry. I can't fit that question into your schedule. <sighs> 9.15, cry for a little bit. For days that won't end, let Schwann's help. With Schwann's, you can get delicious meals that go from freezer to table in minutes, not hours. Ordered, delivered, done. That's homemade easy. Visit today at schwanns.com. My guest on the show is in studio with me. Um, I wanted to bring him back because guess what? Um... We, 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 it's a movie we did together. He was starring in it. I was executive producing it. It was called Misguided Behavior, which was a bully movie. In other words, it was bringing awareness about mm-hmm. bully and how mm-hmm. it can be it, it can be circulating in what they call a middle-class family mm-hmm. lifestyle, mm-hmm. and they're not aware of it. But it also uh, shows a lot of different versions of bullying from young ladies to uh, suicidal situations, mm-hmm. how right in, right in the front of teachers and principals, mm-hmm. bullying is going on, and they don't even know about it. Mm-hmm. What attracted you to the movie? Well, you know, um, I got bullied, you know. And if you've, if you've ever gotten bullied, it, it sticks with you probably until you die. Uh, I had a guy in my neighborhood. I grew up in D.C. In, in, a, in a complex called Mayfair. But right across the street was Parkside, which was one of the toughest projects in D.C. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was several guys. But there was one kid who just named Levi who just, and all my friends know about Levi, you know. And, and he just had me. I was just terrified. He, mm-hmm. was a, he was a tough kid. And I remember, you know, uh, I, I was turning like 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I got, I got to fight, fight Levi back. Right. And, and I was like, man, I'm going to have a girlfriend. And maybe I'll be driving one day. He just stop me and take my car. And, <laughs> you know, I was just terrified. I mean, I, I was a couple of guys in the neighborhood I was terrified. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I remember being at a, a girl invited me to a party. And she said, hey, we're having a party come on over, and uh, 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 it was right on the outskirts of, of, of Parkside, where mm-hmm. the apartments as opposed to the houses, mm-hmm. which were in the interior. Mm-hmm. So I went there, and I was having a great time, and then Levi walked in, man, and he beat me off the couch. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the smacking. Like, he punched me in my face off the couch, out the door, down the steps, and I never hit him back. I was just terrified of him. Mm-hmm. And 
finally somewhere in a year within that year I fought him back and he turned into a little sissy you know mm-hmm. we call them sissies back then but I got the nerve you know but it's that 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 story those scars stay with me and so when I read the script I said man I want to be a part of this because mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about bullying because it's real today mm-hmm. I think the schools are doing a better job because you know back in our day man you just got your butt whipped right Hey, right. um, you just got your butt whipped and nobody did anything. Man. I, I, I remember a brother. story when I was in, a, I want to say like third grade, mm-hmm. and it was like uh, M.J. Scott Elementary. Where, where'd you grow up? In Houston, Fifth Houston, Ward. Yeah, yes, in sir, Fifth yes, Ward. And I remember every day I come down that street, he was mm-hmm. waiting to pat he me waited. down like I, like he was yeah. a police officer. Yes, sir. He pat me down. Yeah. And I would, I would like, I could not understand why this kid was waiting on me every day. Every day. Pat me down. And I, I, I and that just that story stays with me. Mm-hmm, and that's very it's, mm-hmm. I could, it's and I could see him coming. And mm-hmm. I went around this way mm-hmm. where he always he, he, had he was waiting on me. <laughs> I could not avoid this kid. He was always right where I had to get home. Yeah, 38, 15 yeah. Bangs. And, and and the thing the thing that I think I want people out there to understand is that we're we're in our forties and fifties and sixties now, mm-hmm. and I still feel like if Levi was around, I would want to beat his butt. You know, psychologically. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the thing I would want to know is why. And why, and then what the effect that bullying, that him being a bully, mm-hmm. did it have on the rest of his life? Did mm-hmm. it have mm-hmm. on his kids? Because in the movie, mm-hmm. we see a scene where, the, 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 I guess, the, the, the kid who is doing the bullying, mm-hmm. he's being terrorized by, by his, his dad. dad. Yes. So, so what, happened, what happens with, you know, uh, a kid like Levi, he ended up dying. Um, probably out in those streets. Mm-hmm. But if you take a kid like me, I began bullying kids that were maybe weaker than me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It's, it's in, in psychiatry, it's called transference, mm-hmm. where you kind of transfer, you know, what happens to you to other people or mm-hmm. other, you know. And, and I had to catch myself. And I was telling, you know, one of my friends about raising my youngest son, Clifton III, who mm-hmm. is now six foot six. But, <laughs> uh, and I can't, I can't beat him now. I mm-hmm. boxed with him the other day, he tore me apart. But I remember him being. If all the other kids went to play at the swings, Clifton went to the pool somewhere, and I mm. couldn't find him. So I had to, you know, when I grew up, where they gave you that, put that spanking, put that that belt on your butt. Mm-hmm. And one of my my mentor came to me and said, "Man, you got to stop spanking him, man. Mm-hmm. Got to start talking to him." I was like, "Man, nobody talked to me." Mm-hmm. But I realized that I was taking the the wrong road and the wrong approach with him, mm-hmm. as opposed to nurturing his differences right. mm-hmm. and. Uh, his psychological creativity, mm-hmm. um, and and it's just the way we were raised. So mm-hmm. a lot of that was always physical. And I think a lot of times when you like when you see a movie like Misguided Behavior, mm-hmm. you see this kid bullying another kid, mm-hmm. and then when he gets home, his daddy, who's stronger than him, is bullying mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And if we could see more, we might see somebody bullying his dad mm-hmm. at work, mm-hmm. and that's something. And that because they, that they're taking that emotional pain exactly, and right. then turn it into physical yes. drama for yes, somebody sir. else. Yes, the thing about it that I love. Uh, this movie or project mm-hmm. about is that not only is it relatable, but the, the acting was fantastic mm-hmm. in it. The directing is fantastic so. in it. And it's an independent project that doesn't look like an independent project. Mm-hmm. You've done mm-hmm. your share of major movies mm-hmm. and your share mm-hmm. of independence. What are your thoughts in, in coming into an independent project like misguided behavior? Well, you know, uh, uh, Khalil Kane and I are friends and I, I, I know Khalil, you know, was director and he's just, uh, you know, just, so competent because mm-hmm. he's he's detail oriented. Mm-hmm. Doris Margado, I know from working around, mm-hmm. uh, and then Sharon was you know uh, on board as producer, mm-hmm. and we all have the same kind of work ethic. Mm-hmm. And then this, and then really the real bottom line is the subject matter, right? You know because what happens with actors is that if you read a lot of scripts, you know, and 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 there's one that jumps out at you, 
you're like, you know, I'm not really worried about the money. It's like, let's, let's go do the work, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I saw it, I was so proud to be a part of it because it speaks to something that I think we need to address in this culture. Because again, a young girl committed suicide last week. I think she was nine from, Mm. because she has a, she had a white friend Mm -hmm. and, and, and and I don't know if it was black kids, but some of the kids were calling her out of her name and Mm -hmm. saying, you dealing with that white boy and all that crazy stuff. And she internalized it and she killed herself. Mm, nine and years old. Nine years old. And and at the end of the day, I think, I don't know if bullies understand the impact of bullying, but parents and teachers and mentors and, 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 and coaches, we have to understand what bully does, bullying does to a child's mind. Mm-hmm. It makes them scared. It makes them tense. It makes them, it agitates them. It, 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 it takes away their self-esteem. All of that stuff. I was talking to Carl, you know, the director of the movie, Misguided Behavior. Oh, he what, was, did I say Carl? I'm sorry. Carl Payne directed. Mm-hmm. Khalil Kane was the star. Well, Khalil's directing too now. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I, that's why I, said, I didn't defer yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah. Really, like, Carl it, Payne, who's one of the best ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, excuse me, Carl, if you heard that. But, you know, because um, it was a while ago, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I am getting a little older. You know, I'm taking my brain pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, but, but I, they both are just Carl Payne. You know, we did the play together, but mm. we came up in a, in, a, in a business in L.A. When I say exquisitely uh, detail-oriented, yes. it's crazy. Well, the thing about it, that he said something when I interviewed him. He was saying, Rashawn, let's, let's, let's be real. Mm-hmm. He said, when we grew up, you, you bullied, and it just stayed in that moment. Right. Bullied stayed in the—your moments with Levi stayed in the street. Mm-hmm. Your moment on that party stayed there. Now, today, if that happened, you would have been videotaped. Yeah, you've been videotaped. They uploaded it on mm-hmm. social media, mm-hmm. and you'd have to live with that because mm-hmm. they don't take things down on social media mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. off the internet. And that causes even more embarrassment. And I mm-hmm. think that's that is what pushes kids over the edge. Yeah, you know? and that when he said that, it really made mm-hmm. a big difference mm-hmm. because we're just talking about our stories. Mm-hmm. They, they, these kids and, and adults. Let's not mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. not forget that mm-hmm. a, dilly, a bullying. Translate to adulthood too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's some adults out there being mm-hmm, bullied mm-hmm. by male and female mm-hmm, situations, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and they call it. Some might call it domestic violence. Mm-hmm, some might call mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. friend partnership mm-hmm, violence. Mm-hmm. But there's bullying going on, yeah. and bullying yeah. does not not have to be physical. Yeah. It can be mental. Yeah. It can yeah. be social. Yeah. You can be ostracized. Somebody saying mm-hmm. we don't want you over here. And that, that, that child is trying to figure out why. Mm-hmm. That's the amazing part of this movie, Misguided Behavior. I know you and I have both been a, been a part of it. I'm mm-hmm. proud to be a part of it. But I want to come back and talk about that career. Okay. Because okay. The, the thing about it is that I want to do one break about the movie. Mm-hmm. The second break is that he has one of those faces. You go, I know that dude. Mm-hmm. I know that dude. <laughs> he, I, that dude was in the but he's on one of my favorite shows. One of my favorite shows, Black Lightning on CW. Oh, I saw him get shot. He's come <laughs> back. He died twice. I don't understand how a black man keep dying on TV and coming back. <laughs> we were back with more. Clifton Powell, my man, one of the great actors in Hollywood, straight out of D.C. Nothing wrong with being successful, my friend, especially when you're sitting next to success. Money making conversations. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. I'm back. Uh, in studio, my man Clifton Powell. If you're uh, unfamiliar with his work, more than 100, if I say 100 films, TV shows, some of those credits you know, Minutes to Society. Oh, wow. Scary movie from a standpoint of an urban perspective. Dead Presidents, one of my favorite movies. Uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love, Rush Hour, uh, Next Friday. That was a groundbreaker with Ice Cube. Uh, and uh, many, many more movies like that for, uh, you've done you've done plays, correct? Plays, uh Play Dr. King and Selma, Lord Selma. Uh, you know, I do television, Moesha, and NYPD Blue. Uh, 
uh, high incident. I've done all, almost all the television shows. Uh, did Hawaii Five O a couple of weeks ago with Luke Gossett and uh, Gladys Knight and Shy McBride. Uh, and Shy actually wrote the episode. You know, I, I just I just been a working actor, man, and I never um, I never had a plan. I, I like I tell when I do I do a seminar called Behind the Lens where I talk about every aspect of the business and and talk about all the things that nobody taught me. You know, um, and I, I just want to be a football player, man. I and I don't know how I became an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I know, I know, I don't know if you know my nephew James Brown's a sportscaster. That's my man. So yeah, he, he NFL host, yeah, CBS, NFL, right? CB NFL now, NFL yeah. now. And mm-hmm. so you know, JB was an All American basketball star. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, and he was such a great guy. He's always sharp, like you, and mm-hmm. always personable, and always nice to people. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up playing in the neighborhood, and I was fast, and I ended up going to Dematha. And unfortunately, I just, I didn't, I never grew, mm-hmm. and. I got in trouble hanging out with my wife. Your son wife. six foot six. Yeah, my son six six. I stayed at like <laughs> five ten. And uh, but I, you know, since I didn't play football, I transferred from Dematha and went to St. Anthony's. And and let's tell you something about Dematha is uh, like a, a sports powerhouse. 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 Football, basketball, basketball everything. Yeah. I mean, if you Google Dematha, Google Dematha, and then I ended up going to St. Anthony's, and John Thompson was the basketball coach, mm-hmm. so I couldn't play basketball. So basically, I saw a play. I saw a play. <laughs> And I said, man, I'll just do the play, just messing around. Because, you know, back in my day, I, I was so chocolate, I couldn't get any girls. Uh-huh. So I was like, man, I'm going to do the play. Maybe I might be the girl in the play, you know. <laughs> and then I did the play, and I heard about a program, and then I got into the program. But I didn't go to go to the program. I just rode up with one of my partners, and they kept asking me to audition for the program, the acting mm-hmm. program. I was like, nah, I'm not worried. I'm not. But then they finally convinced me, and they put me in the program, and I stayed with it. Mm-hmm. And then it just, you know, once I got to college and, I came to New York in 79, from 79 to 89. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got to California, and I just applied all the stuff that I'd learned all over, over those 20 years and was just ready to go and prepared when I got there. Well, here's the thing about it. When I look at a career like yours, mm-hmm. people, I always tell people, if you have a dream, follow it. If I have mm-hmm. a dream, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, they, and there's no guarantees. Because mm-hmm. I know when you went to L.A., there were no guarantees. And there were no immediate inter- returns on your investment. Yeah. How did you keep moving forward? How did you keep moving mm-hmm. forward? Even when you got one shot, that didn't mean that second shot came equally as fast. Yeah. I think um, <clears throat> in order to answer that question, I got to go back to the New York days mm-hmm. when Denzel and Sam and Angela Bassett and all of us were poor actors. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, you got up and you took your picture and resume, you stapled it. Say you get up at 7 you staple your picture and resume, you catch the train downtown or the bus, and you might have $10 for the whole day. You stop in the equity office, you walk the west side during the day, you walk the east side in the evening, drop your pictures off. And now you might drop off 150 pictures and never get a call. Mm-hmm. So, but you keep going mm-hmm. because you're just a determined. So by the time I got to Hollywood in 89, I was already in a headset that nothing's going to stop me. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep on going mm-hmm. because at some point somebody – is going to give me a shot. And one of my buddies, his grandmother used to say, a steady drop breaks the rock. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was always, and so so when I say to young people, especially to all the people listening, young people listening, preparation versus opportunity. And I always worked harder because I was the worst actor in my program. Mm-hmm. So I had mm-hmm. to outwork everybody. Else, mm-hmm. and, and I was always prepared. So if somebody else came in and read off the page, mm-hmm. I had mine memorized and I did a performance in the room. And I just had my father instilled in me. All you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. That's all you need. And you did it. And I did it. 
Okay, so so you you say rock was basically your first breakthrough project, right? Rock, rock. Well, I would say house party. I did one scene. I had one scene at <laughs> house party, and uh, and then I got the call to come audition for uh, Minister Society. Yes, and then right around there, I got the call to audition for Rock. Mm-hmm. But but and Menace helped a lot. Now let's talk about Menace Society mm-hmm. because it was, it was it was an urban mm-hmm. uh, South Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's some scenes in there, man, when that kid was reaching for that gun and mm-hmm. got shot, and the mm-hmm. next thing you know, he's in the emergency wing. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most, one of those, uh, the Huge Brothers, right? The mm-hmm. Huge, Huge Brothers. Yep. They did that. That was, I think that was their first movie. Mm-hmm. And so when you did, when you was invited to do a project like that that was so real, mm-hmm. how did that affect you? <laughs> you know, I got to be honest with you. I'd, I'd never been invited to, you know, in the early days anywhere to mm-hmm. audition. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tupac got into a fight with the Hughes brothers. Right. And Too Short didn't want to didn't want to have a lot of lines. Mm-hmm. And I was at a party. Somebody <laughs> said, man, they, they they looking for this new character in Menace. Somebody played this guy named Chauncey. I was like, man, well, who I call? It's the same casting director, the cast of Rock. Mm-hmm. And I just found myself there. Mm-hmm. And started act, <laughs> acting stupid, and they put me in it. <laughs> And, you know, I knew it was going to be a special movie. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you shoot a movie, you might shoot the ending and mm-hmm. then the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I said, if this movie catches on, mm-hmm. because it was, I mean, we were deep in the hood, Rashawn. Mm-hmm. You couldn't you walk were. to your car. Yeah. You know, I had to walk to my car with this cat named Sheen Gun. Mm-hmm. And it was just really, <laughs> and then some days the hood guys would shut the set down. But I knew that we that the Hughes brothers and Lorenz and Tyron and the whole production mm-hmm. staff was making something special, mm-hmm. and when it came out, it hit like a, like a, like a, a, a whirlwind. Yeah, know? because that that was the time when you know when a lot of uh, uh, violence would hit yeah. theaters, yeah. and yeah. so black mm-hmm. movies really couldn't get their play because mm-hmm. somehow people fighting in the seats and yeah. all that stuff, yeah. and yeah. and it gave a bad rap for movies mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. And but if you, if you have time, it's one of those movies you need to see oh, you because see it. It, it's timeless, yeah. just like Dead Presidents. Dead Presidents is another one. Um, Dead Presidents, they asked me to come in and read for Spider and Cowboy. Spider had like a half a line, mm-hmm. and Cowboy, I wasn't Cowboy. And and the way I got that movie is I was so broke, I had a wool suit. Mm-hmm. It was 99.9 degrees outside, and right. I stopped at Aardvark and got me a Dob hat. Right, right. But right. I stood up, I stayed up all night long, and I, and I memorized Cuddy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I called my manager and she's my agent manager at the time. She said, well, they have a star name for Cuddy. So I did Cowboy. I had a Cowboy hat. I had a patch for Spider. Right. And I had my Dob hat with my wool suit. Right. I sweated out mm-hmm. uh, for Cuddy. And I begged the Hughes brothers to let me read. And they said, dude, we got a star name. I said, just let me read it, man. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and, you know, they twins, so you can't tell who you're talking to. So I said, just <laughs> let, me, let me read, man. He said, well, you already asked Albert. I was like, well, Alan, can I read? He said, Cliff, we got a star name. I said, just let me read it. And I memorized, and they finally let me read it. I said, hey, baby girl, and did the whole thing. And they said, you know what? You're going to be Cuddy. We'll call you. <laughs> you know. So part of that, that, that story is, is I was just so prepared. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was going to be a crazy special movie mm-hmm. um, because right after Menace, you know, with Chris Tucker and mm-hmm. Renz again and, and, and uh, Terrence Howard hitting, right. man, and the music, that thing was special. It was special. Now, I got to go back to my last statement. I saw you perform uh, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah. And um I saw I saw the movie. Okay. So how does that opportunity present itself to you? Cuz it's it's really different from your other character. Yeah, you yeah, tough yeah. guy, all yeah, tough yeah, guy. Yeah, now you yeah, yeah. now you basically playing an emotional healer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know, it's it's always fun. Like you, your favorite show, Black Lightning, where mm-hmm. I'm playing a pastor, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so funny. I just did an episode of American Soul, uh-huh. and the producer that looks so good. Oh man, man that's great. Ooh, that looks good, brother. And, and, that and looks the, good. And the producer said, "I've only seen this guy play pastors. Can he play a tough guy?" So I was like, "Yes." <laughs> Thank you. Somebody finally realizes I play more than tough guys. I play doctors, lawyers. You know, I play everything. But Reuben Cannon, who put me in Water Fools Fall in mm-hmm. Love, and mm-hmm. he put me in Buffalo Soldiers, and mm-hmm. he put me in Women Are Loosed. Mm-hmm. And I got a call, and they said, they want you to come in and read for Selma Lord Selma. I was like, oh, okay. Did they call for me? She said, I don't know what happened. So I got in there anyway, and I said, Reuben, what's up? He said, Cliff, what are you doing here? You always play tough guys. And I stayed up all night long and mm-hmm. watched Eyes on the Prize. Mm-hmm. And I had my suit I made my mustache like Dr. King's, and I, mem- I memorized his final speech. Mm-hmm. And when I did it, and, 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 and they said, well, you have something prepared. I said, now nah, it doesn't matter what happens now. <laughs> We've got some difficult days ahead. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life, long je- And they said, you know what? You're going to be king. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm, just think, I'm just glad that God gave me a, a, a certain amount of talent and versatility to be able to um, morph into different characters, and, you know. Clifton, I want to thank you for dropping by the thank show, you, man. man, because of the fact that uh, we, we we meet, we hug, we yes, share some bread together. Yes, sir. But from afar, I've admired your talents and be able to share your talents and also your message to a lot of young people out there and a lot of grown people out there who giving up saying that I can't do it no more. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a testament to, hey, man. Thank Keep you, living brother. your dream and Thank you will have it. And I'm looking at you going how sharp you are. So I'm like, what diet? Are you? you haven't put on weight since the <laughs> 60s, Rashawn. Uh, you're looking at me talking about I'm sharp. I'm looking at you like, man, I got to get on your weight plan. <laughs> I appreciate it. We'll be back with more money-making conversation. Right. Thank you, Clifton. My man, brother. Awesome. Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, David Goggins, and Mel Robbins. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime, at the gym, while commuting, or on the go, and on any device. We'll always pick right back up where you left off. Audible also offers free and easy audiobook exchanges, credits you can roll over for a year, and a library you keep forever even if you cancel. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. You can get titles from your favorite iHeart talent such as Chelsea Handler, Danny Shapiro, Charlemagne the God, and Bobby Bones on Audible. Start listening now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash iHeart or text iHeart to 500-500.